Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So we have the situation developing in uh, in Alberta, where in a few weeks' time, October the 6th, there will be a new premier for the province. And uh, nationally, next Saturday, so a week today, we will know who the new Conservative Party of Canada leader is and... Uh, seems to be, if uh, if we follow the, the trend, that it'll be Pierre Polyev, although none of the others have conceded, and Mr. Charest feels that he still has a good chance of winning this uh, conservative leadership. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of politics in this country and uh, how much interest there is as we uh, get into September. It's interesting we're in the Labor Day weekend when people generally get back to a more, I don't want to say normal way of life, but more predictable way of life. Daryl Bricker is the president and CEO of Ipsos Public Affairs. He is the author of Next, as I've told you many times. It's a book that belongs in every home in this country, so you know what's actually coming our way. Daryl, thank you very much uh, for joining us on this uh, conservative leadership issue. Do you see Pierre Polyev, and what's the national view of Mr. Polyev? Well, when you ask people who are conservative voters, uh, people who say they would vote in the uh, for the Conservative Party in the next federal election, uh, who they want as their leader, it's very clearly Pierre Polyev. Uh, but when you uh, go out and you ask the general population who they prefer of the candidates, uh, Mr. Charest has a, has a bit of a lead. So there's a, a discontinuity between what conservative partisans seem to want and what the, uh, the Canadian public finds appealing. Uh, so that is going to be the challenge for Mr. Polyev. I don't think that there's been any indication uh, that there's really going to be any other uh, outcome next Saturday. It would be a shock if there was another outcome. Uh, but um, uh, he's done uh, whatever he needs to do to sell his agenda to uh, people who are voting for the Conservative Party, but there isn't enough of them in order to win an election. So he's going to need to branch out to uh, a bigger part of the electorate, and that's where he's going to run into his challenges. Yeah, the, it's interesting that they um, were able to sign so many members. I mean, it's fascinating, actually, that they were able to get over 600,000 members and uh, I don't know how many of them will actually vote or have voted. But uh, what does that lead to as far as you're concerned? And I'll piggyback that with this question. Um, if Polyev wins, and I agree with you, it looks like he's going to, does he then have a bit of a grace period, do you think? Do you think Canadians will be watching very closely um, his initiatives whatever he does that relates to this, the federal government and Mr. Trudeau, are, are we going to, is he going to have a grace period? Let's see how he does. Let's see how he behaves toward Trudeau and the government before we make a decision about him. I would say, Roy, that it's less a grace period and more of a heightened awareness period. Uh, one of the things that's really interesting when you take a look at the data about what's happened, what's transpired during the course of the leadership campaign, is Canadians haven't paid very close attention to it. More than half of the the, the, the people uh, that we, we've interviewed over the last while don't even really have an opinion of Pierre Polyev. So, you know, you get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, media attention, you know, from columnists and other people, talk show hosts and others who are talking about Pierre Polyev, but most Canadians really aren't paying attention uh, at this point. So what's going to happen is when he moves into that uh, position. Um, he will get a hyper level of attention as all new political leaders 
uh, of major political parties, particularly ones that have, could potentially become the next prime minister. He'll get a heightened level of media attention. And how he performs in that first six months in the job is going to be critical because usually what happens is people form their opinions of somebody and then it's very hard to get them off of that. So okay. he's going to have maybe half a year to, to set impressions in the right direction or he's going to struggle for his entire leadership. I don't know if your polling tells you this, but if I look at emails that I've received over the last couple of months, Daryl, if I were to take 100 of them, that have to do with this particular race, the conservative leadership race, they tell me, the listeners tell me, very, very determined, in a very determined way, that what they don't want is an extension of Mr. Shearer and Mr. O'Toole. They want a leader who will be challenging Mr. Trudeau and uh, hold him to account. They just don't want the status quo. Is that what you're hearing, too? Yeah, I think uh, what conservatives want is more than anything is somebody who can win. Uh, and, you know, with both Andrew Shearer and Aaron O'Toole, who, by the way, for your listeners, came very, very close to defeating Justin Trudeau. Yes, he did. Ju- Justin Trudeau lost the popular vote in each of the last two elections. And in, particularly for Aaron O'Toole, who closed the gap with, with Justin Trudeau in the last federal election, if he would have just picked up another three or four or five points in the 905, he would have won the most seats. So the Conservatives don't do, need to do much in order to, in order to compete effectively with the, with the Liberals and potentially win the most seats in the next election campaign. Uh, so Polyev, uh, somebody who uh, ha- is seen as having a more, I would say, um, uh, 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 a harder edge uh, to his point of view on the future of the country and, and, and what government should or shouldn't be doing, Maybe somebody who's going to be able to cut through in the last four or five points. I think that's what conservatives are hoping. But we also know uh, that uh, people, particularly who live in the 905, aren't necessarily that fond of a, a really hard edge in Canadian politics. So this will be a really interesting test. We saw Stephen Harper. And by the way, uh, you know, not that I want to be nostalgic, uh, Roy, or, or say that things look like they, they used to. But this period of time reminds me so much of what the uh, the old Conservative Party went through, um, you know, uh, around the time that Stephen Harper became leader and then ran, went into their first election campaign. It feels very familiar. People are saying, particularly in the media, are saying very similar things about Pierre Polyev that they were saying about Stephen Harper. And, you know, uh, and, uh, by 2006, people have gotten over it. They've got so, uh, they, they were so done with the Liberal Party that were, they were prepared to take a risk on Stephen Harper. Yeah. I, I would say that, uh, you know, Pierre Polyev is, is more along that line than along the Joe Clark line or, you know, the more moderate type of uh, uh, old Laurentian elite type of, uh, of perspective on, uh, on what Canadian uh, political leadership should be. So it's going to be an interesting test, but we've been down this road before. And I would say it looks very similar to how the Conservatives looked prior to the 2004 national election. Do you know it's interesting you say that because uh, I was just thinking the other day about the very same thing. And on the morning of the election of 2006, I was working 9 a.m. to noon at CHML in Hamilton. And we had uh, Mr. Martin and uh, Mr. Harper back-to-back on the show to start off. And we, they, neither one of them wanted to go first. You know how it is. Or I don't want to be the first guy because then I, want to, I can't respond to what the first guy said. So it turned out it was Paul Martin and then Stephen Harper, luck of the draw. But as we were getting closer and closer to the date for the election, Daryl, it became very evident just by the numbers of calls and just by the determination of the callers, just how assured they were of what they were going to do 
that it was going to be Stephen Harper's, and that was it. And yeah. and that's the way it turned out. And you, you, I, I have the same idea. That's, this is almost like Harper arriving, and let's see what happens over the next two years. Yeah, well, the thing that uh, – one of the things that I've learned over the last 35 years of doing this, Roy, is that uh, structural uh, factors matter a lot. They matter a lot in election campaigns. So what we're going to see in the next federal election campaign is a, is a federal Liberal Party that's going to be on its fourth election. Yeah. With very little changing of the changing of the guard. Yeah. Canadians are tired of this current administration. Now, that doesn't mean that they couldn't go through their own leadership change, which, by the way, I, 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 I think is very likely prior to the next election campaign, that they'll go through their own leadership change. But as with Paul Martin, even though you change the leader, the, 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 the branding, that, that impression that people had of the Liberals didn't really appreciably change with Paul Martin. No, it didn't. And so we're in a, we're in a, a period that looks more like a change election. So the advantage, in spite of what people may think, when they hear a lot of the commentary about Pierre Polyev, the advantage is actually his, because he is a candidate of change. And, and by the way, when Canadians vote for change these days, they don't vote for, you know, uh, what political consultants and, you know, people who are well plugged into politics like to call safe change. No, they, they hit the, the big red change button <laughs> or the big blue change button yeah. when they want to go for change. It's how Doug Ford got elected. It's yeah. how his brother Rob Ford got elected. Yeah, that's true. People really want to change. Yeah. Now, when it comes to what may happen with the uh, with the Liberal Party and uh, with Mr. Trudeau as the leader, it's uh, I hear you saying that you're of the view that he may very well follow his father's lead and take a walk in the snow. And then what happens? Does it become Christian Freeland's party? Well, she seems to be the one that uh, has is, is getting the most attention. But, you know, leadership campaigns are always about organization and uh, and money. So uh, the question is whether or not she's building either of those things. But, uh, you know, it is interesting to watch uh, um, uh, Justin Trudeau and Christopher Freeland. He's treating her in a similar fashion. And although Brian Mulroney didn't go this far with Kim Campbell, in kind of a similar fashion to the way that Kim Campbell uh, was treated, he, uh, he kind of saw her as his successor. And you can certainly get the same sort of vibe. Uh, from uh, from Justin Trudeau relative to Christopher Freeland. So um, unless somebody's got, uh, um, uh, you know, a really super secret, fantastic organization and they've done a great job of organizing all sorts of liberals, uh, you know, the, like Paul Martin did against Jean Chrétien back through the 1990s, it looks to me like Christopher Freeland's in, 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 a, in a pretty strong position. The other thing, though, is, uh, you know, when Christopher Freeland moves from being the Minister of Finance over to being the person who's making all of the decisions, Decision: Will she rise to that, or will she be like Paul Martin, who really, really struggled when he moved from the position of Minister of Finance, where he seemed to do no wrong, where he moved into uh, the uh, the Prime Minister's office and, and became, uh, you know, affectionately known at the time as Mr. Dithers. Yes. Um, so the, w it will be interesting to see how she performs if she makes that transition. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge on this, but my I'm assuming at the moment that what we'll see. Uh, Mr. Trudeau do is what his father did and also what Brian Mulroney did, which is, you know, read the writing on the wall and, and basically said, you know, my time is my time is gone and I'm going to move on to do something else. What happens to Jagmeet Singh in uh, in this regard? Now, he's signed that uh, agreement with Mr. Trudeau and the Liberals, the deal with the Liberals. We'll support you as long as you take care of 
your end of the bargain, and we'll make sure there's no election until 2025. Is there a price that uh, potentially is going to be paid by Mr. Singh? And if Mr. Polyev becomes the leader of the Conservative Party next week, does that issue become even more significant for Jagmeet Singh? Well, you know, every NDP leader now uh, through the 1990s and into the, in, into the aughts really has uh, a decision to make about what kind of leader do they want to be. Do they want to be like Ed Broadbent was, which was the conscious of parliament and perfectly happy uh, being in the position that uh, Jagmeet Singh finds himself in right now? Or do they have a more aggressive agenda uh, and see themselves as becoming the progressive champion in the country and taking over from the Liberal Party, which is what Jack Layton saw? Um, unfortunately for the NDP in this period of time, it seems Mr. Singh wants to be Mr. Broadbent. Uh, and provided that Mr. Singh wants to be Mr. Broadbent, uh, that gives the Liberals a pretty wide uh, a patch that they can cover in order to uh, uh, to become the uh, progressive champion, but it also causes a significant problem for Mr. Polyev. So even if Mr. Polyev, uh, you know, wins the most seats in the next election campaign, if he's the leader of the Conservative Party, if he doesn't win a majority, the likelihood that the NDP and the Liberals will get together to prevent it is pr- probably pretty strong, especially with a leader like Jagmeet Singh, who seems to have no problem with that idea. Uh, One more question, and let's switch to the Alberta situation. We uh, spoke with Daniel Smith earlier today, who was responding to Mr. Kenny being on our chorus radio stations in Alberta, CHQR and and Chad, saying uh, that the Sovereignty Act, the proposed Sovereignty Act, Ms. Smith's Act, is cockamamie, and they called it the Anarchy Act, and she directly, obviously, challenged uh, Mr. Kenny, how do you uh, see that developing? Because October 6th, there's going to be a new premier in the province of Alberta. Well, you know, there's an awful lot of commentary these days about, you know, Alberta simply doing what Quebec did. Um, and the truth is, when you take a look at public opinion in the province of Quebec, and you take a look at public opinion in the province of Alberta, um, in, in Quebec, particularly during the, the, the heyday of the sovereignty movement, there was a large portion of the Quebec population that was actually behind this kind of anti uh, uh, federal government, anti-state type of uh, uh, central state uh, type of perspective, where they, they they had an agenda and they wanted to become a separate nation within within Canada, however they were defining it at the time, sovereignty association. The problem in the Alberta situation is is that things like the Sovereignty Act, for what, whatever you know manifestation we're going to see coming forward on that, yeah, there's a certain amount of anger that drives that. But some of the biggest patriots that we have, national patriots in the country, are actually in the province of Alberta. So uh, I think that the, the ability to push on that lever, uh, while people who are the more extreme in their perspectives, the ones who are really invested, uh, you know, in the uh, Alberta political situation, particularly on the right, think that they've got everybody behind them and everybody supports them. They're going to have to be careful because I, I think that that's a fairly small circle in terms of the percentage of Albertans that would actually strongly be behind that idea. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.